Hello, great bosses or aspiring great bosses. I'm Jill Geisler. I have the leadership and management faculty of the Pointer Institute, and today we're going to talk about what great bosses know about no surprises. You know, that's what employers say they want from employees, not to be blindsided by bad news that they could have done something about if they had heard about it earlier. Now, no surprises make sense on its surface. And why would an employee hesitate to bring bad news to a boss? Well, let's rule out the group of employees who would just do something bad and try to cover it up, okay? They're in the minority. There may be other reasons why people would hesitate to come to you, the boss. So you ought to ask yourself a few questions. Number one, how do I respond to criticism? Am I known as defensive or argumentative? Do people feel like they lose every time they talk to me? Number two, do I know how to separate whining from whistleblowing? I know it's tough these days. People aren't happy about economic situations and cutbacks, and you hear a lot of complaints. You might even tack up a big no whining sign on your door. But you know what? There are people who have legitimate concerns, and if they feel like you characterize concerns as whining, they're not going to come to you. Some other thoughts. How quickly do you resolve problems and how transparently do you resolve them? If you let things linger too long and then somehow take care of them behind the scenes without helping people understand why and how you did it, you're causing them to wonder if you're an effective leader. Now, I know you can't run around and open up personnel files to show that you took action against a problem person, but there are ways that you can build teaching moments into problems that you resolve. And the other thing you should think about is how clear are you with your staff about what it is you can and can't do, and how you will work with them to resolve issues that exceed your ability to handle single-handedly. How well do you collaborate with others, for example? Now, there's one last thing, and that's the perception of sacred cows. You know, in some of the biggest journalism scandals in recent years, people thought it didn't pay to complain to management because the person who they had questions about was perceived to be a sacred cow. That would have been Jason Blair at the New York Times, who was plagiarizing, or Jack Kelly at USA Today, who was inventing stories. There were people who had brought that information to the attention of managers, but felt rebuffed by it in some way, and so they gave up. So ask yourself, are you giving the impression that anyone in your organization is a sacred cow above being questioned, including yourself? I'm Jill Geisler on the faculty of the Pointer Institute.